Broadcasting live from Black Dragon Gate on the Prime Material Plane, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, joining me is Cameron huh? and Kathleen. What up? And today, uh, it's a Q&A day because... Uh, nothing, Thirst for knowledge. Yeah, yeah, nothing staggering happened in the land of MTG news. Yeah, no one's upset about anything. <laughs> yeah. No secret layers. They had no. There's a secret layer forthcoming. It'll probably have been announced by the time this episode goes live. So I guess we'll talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, there was so little news that uh, Weekly MTG this week they invited Wheeler on to talk about singleton formats. <laughs> wow. So dire. <laughs> Which I only rib him about because it was literally broadcasting against us <laughs> broadcasting <laughs> content they literally sponsored us to make. Anyway, uh, with Wheeler in it also, which was funny. He he, the, they ended the stream and then he came over and right after his pod was finished airing, so he was like, "Oh, I missed it." Anyway, if you haven't checked out uh, the the uh, Commander Legends Dungeons and Dragons Battle for Baldur's Gate. Uh, release videos that we did. Uh, they are also on this channel, assuming you're watching on the YouTube. If you're listening, uh, bounce on over to our YouTube because we got two excellent videos. Of uh, We took a whole draft. We did a big old Commander Legends draft with eight people, and we t- turned it into two different videos, uh, each with the two different Commander games uh, and draft portions of the draft focusing on the people that are in those games. And uh, they're they're just, uh, it's just good Commander content. It's real real clean it's good stuff so uh you should uh, check that out um they're uh, pod one featuring special guest shivan Bot and pod two featuring special guest alias v which was nice that we were able to get some guests in town for that uh but today it is it is a q a and of course it is brought to you by card kingdom check out cardkingdomcom slash lrr for your cardboard needs you can buy yourself some commander legends why not you could probably pre-order i don't know what is it? a double masters probably i don't know got a release date for other stuff that's finally you know yeah they announced <laughs> infinity finally is october 7th you can't pre-order that yet i don't think maybe maybe you can i don't know anyway head on over to cardcamecom slash lrr and you can find out let them know he sent you say loading ready run sent me button please and they'll give you a little uh button that says some kind of funny magic thing right now it's weird tap but okay um, it's in the draft actually, uh, because in the live chat, when we broadcast these, these live, someone was commenting on, on the way Shivam taps. Cause he says <laughs> he, he goes to the left or the right, depending on which hand he's using. Mm-hmm. Is Shivam ambidextrous? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Seems like a chaotic Shivam move. I think the weird tap at okay was probably, I feel like this was a subtly directed specifically at Surge. Uh, yeah. Mm. Cause he, he, Surge felt like- so vindicated when Arena would came out and did the 45 degree mm-hmm. tap because Serge would always do a very a very clean 45 degrees but everyone else tends to go it's, 90 well it's much easier to keep things lined up if you just go full sideways yeah. but Serge being a neat and tidy fellow yeah uh, also no, IJK it's <laughs> what do you do <laughs> oh it's an old How the, 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 the identity vectors oh for those only listening, Cameron's doing interesting things with his fingers. Yeah. Um, 90 degrees, it has nothing. There's no 1001. <laughs> this show is also brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun, which supports not only the show, but everything we do. And we really appreciate that. So yeah, James, uh, f- who is also here on tech, I should have said, uh, fired out the uh, the the ask for questions to you on the LRRMTG Twitter account. And uh, these are some of the responses we got. So let's let's answer some questions. First up, we have from Dr. Sam Waters. Are there, taking into account all the factors, <laughs> too many magic products a year right now? This is this one. This question comes up a lot. Uh, I mean, maybe it comes up more so in the previous years. Like, I don't actually think so is the thing. Um, for, for us... <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but for most people, I, I don't think so because it's like it. I would say that for the majority of people, uh, it's not actually a big deal because a lot of these products are serving different audiences. Mm-hmm. But for the most personally invested, 
And I, I would say there's a direct correlation between that and the most vocal of the community for whom all of these products could potentially be for them. That for those people, I can understand an amount of product fatigue, certainly through the summers when they tend to be. I mean, you look at, we just had um, Streets of New Capenna. It feels like just, you know, mm-hmm. I guess it was over a month ago now, but then, and then Commander Legends and then Double Masters, uh, which are all fairly big releases, right? Mm-hmm. But like, not everyone is going to be interested in Commander Legends and not everyone's going to be interested in Double Masters. So like for uh, for a lot of people, it's not, it doesn't actually necessarily matter but for people you know like us who kind of have to be involved with everything and for people who who wish to engage with all of the things then maybe that is too many i don't know yeah like i i'm not gonna lie i find it difficult to keep up with it all and remember everything that's happened like when we do our end of year roundups Mm. and we go through each set that has come out that year i keep thinking this is a lot of magic this is a lot of magic. And we were supposed to have had Unfinity at yes. the fir- 1st of April, right? Because that was supposed to come out on April Fool's. But now it just means that the fall is going to be Dominaria, United, and Unfinity, and the Brothers' War in all three of those in the span of like two and a half months. Like, Oof. <laughs> right? I don't know how exactly what this, maybe it's more like three months, but still, you know, so the, now now the fall is going to feel more crowded than the, than, than the spring and summer. I don't know. I... I know that folks react very negatively, and I don't believe it is unjustified necessarily, but they react negatively to the sort of, you know, this product is not for everyone, right? This product may not be for you. Um, And uh, because sometimes it feels like it gets used in a a bad faith sort of scenario, right? That it's Mm -hmm. like, well, this thing's, this is this ridiculous collectible thing is way too expensive and it's like well maybe that's not for you um but i don't think that like not every magic product that they release even these big sets is for every single magic player and so i think i think for the majority of magic players it's actually not that big of a deal yeah but certainly the people that live in the online spaces where we coexist uh i can understand it being an issue well, I say this a lot because I like to keep up on new music releases. And mm. I say, like, you know, that there's an, an always a fire hose of music coming out. Mm. And it's impossible to keep up with all of it. And, yeah, you just have to, like, this is this is my personal motto. It's like, I'm not going to listen to everything that comes out. There's huge portions of, of, of you know, because it would be unreasonable. And if you're, you know, I don't care about secret layers because I don't purchase expensive collectibles because I am really cheap um and it's it's true i just don't want to spend the money on them and so i don't right like i don't care about having a blinged out commander deck i barely care about having a commander deck pre-cons are fine there's those are affordable right so like you just just let it go and like my opinion is like is 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 it kamigawa well then we didn't have enough time with that set is Mm -hmm. it new capenna oh new set could come out anytime (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i um I don't know what exactly broke me of my desire to to collect everything, but it happened at some point in the distant, hazy past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I... The argument that, well, no, obviously we have to get everything, it doesn't land with me. I, I, I reject that premise. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, when, when it's... When it's a set that I like going away from drafting, mm, yeah. that's when there's too many sets. Yes, exactly. Right. And I think, as Kathleen said, I think honestly, like I think that may have been like everybody was having such a good time drafting Neon Dynasty. Yeah. I think honestly, that's when I heard people saying there's too much magic stuff coming up. I think it's because they're like, well, New Capenna's right around the corner. And I think people are like, no, there's so, there's such a, such a weird format. There's so much weird stuff that you can do in the format, right? Yeah. And I think, like, I don't know. And, and like... Um, More flexibility on what sets you can draft on Arena. Strixhaven was just back on the quick draft. <gasps> oh. Yes. Kathleen yeah. and I drafted a lot of Strixhaven quick mm-hmm. draft because I love to draft and I do not like streets of new capenna and so i was like heck yeah let's 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 use the gold let's draft my ridiculous teamer big stuff deck and mm-hmm. and, and go ham and i had a blast 
because um, it's a good draft format, right? Yeah. So it's four or five color Prismari centered uh, seven drops yeah, forever. Exactly. Yeah. I I uh, I did a Prismari deck for my last draft, and I was just splashing green for Tanazir Quandrix, which I have to say is extremely good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of fun just going back and playing uh, actually Witherbloom decks. Yeah. And just getting in right on the ground level and delivering a flurry of blows to the kidneys yep. of these Prismari decks that are like not doing a whole lot. <laughs> no, and then like getting them down to two life, then drawing six lands in a row and dying. <laughs> that's that's my premier Strixhaven. Yep. I, I went I did a, I did some silver quill drafts and I got I got up to I could get up to four wins very reliably getting under the ground of mm-hmm. like these like decks that really can't do anything until turn four. And by that point I've got like, you know, I, I, I've gone on a study break and I've, I've attacked them for <laughs> attacked them with a six seven clever luminancer and stuff like that and they're at three yeah. life you know um, but then yeah then you just get run over because they're like well now I have two four fours and it's like oh crap right? yeah no and I, I guess the lesson from that kind of experience is that as in higher education it's really your ability to just stick with it hold on tenaciously for yeah. as long as possible yeah D's for degree yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in summation, I I do want to uh, lampshade because I know that some people will think will will you know throw this in the comments that of course because we do work with Wizards of the Coast that uh, you know it is to our benefit or that we are somehow obliged to be like no no everything that Wizards does is fine bring on the product you know and and all that and that's not the case because they don't control what we say on this show uh, but yeah my general opinion on whether or not there's too much stuff is for some people I'm sure it is and that's valid and for me n- not really because I just I don't it doesn't bug me um, but also we're a, we're we we are obliged to at least pay attention to all of it. So sometimes it can feel maybe a little overwhelming to sort of keep track of, but I think it's, I I don't think it's as big a deal as um, it gets made out to be in, in the online spaces where the magic community congregates. And it's probably like just not relevant for, for some players. Yeah. I would expect. And I, I, I implore people, if you don't like it and you don't care about it, then don't give it your attention. Focus on things you do like. And, you know, the diminished consumer attention and response will send a message to wizards. If you don't want something, don't engage with it. Leave it alone. You don't have to waste your time or your energy. Listen to music you do like, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's engage with our next question. From Too Bizarre, who asks, Watsi Errated Companion, and most recently, Hideaway. Is there a keyword you would like to see tweaked? Mm. Mm. Interesting. The I mean, those are two very different levels of errata. Like Companion, they changed completely. And then Hideaway... They was, just cleaned up a bit. Well, no, Hideaway, Hideaway, they changed how Hideaway worked... And then sort of reverse engineered the cards that previously had hideaway to just now have sort of a specific value of hideaway. So the previous cards still work the same way that they worked before, almost identically. Not quite, but almost. Um, But now sort of expanded what hideaway can do, which I think is kind of interesting. Whereas companion is a... Complete man companion was a mistake, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. And we've um, moved on from that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. As a reminder, because uh, it, it was it was a couple of years ago in the middle of, of a of a pandemic, but it used to be uh, that your companion would just sort of sit there. Uh, you could put you could have a companion on your deck, even in limited, as long as your deck followed the rules of the given companion. Uh, and then you could just play it. Yeah, it was like having an eighth card yeah, you in your hand. Just play it. Mm-hmm. And now you have to pay three mana, three generic mana at sorcery speed to move it from the command zone into your hand, and then you can play it, mm-hmm. which is better. <laughs> Still weird. It's, there were so many at the uh, at the championships. There were so many companions. People with using um, uh, Luris particularly mm. is very frightening. Anyway, um, yeah, what mechanic would I like to see tweaked? I, I've been thinking about this, and uh, I think the problem I have answering this question is that good mechanics remain with me 
like mm. the ones that I find useful and fun to play with, like remain in the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are not, that I don't get to use, just get discarded immediately and get replaced with like fast food jingles mm. instantaneously. So if you were to ask me what Unearth did, or not Unearth, case in point, the, <laughs> I don't know, the Golgari met. Uh, mechanic from Return to Ravnica block, I would just be forced to sing oh. the Big Mac song. Scavenge. Scavenge. That's the one. That was okay. Scavenge it just was okay. it was just not aggressively costed enough. You mentioned Ravnica. Here's one. Um, just because it's it 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 almost gets there on flavor, but is very confusing mechanically, and it's the oriz the original Orzhov mechanic of haunt. Yes. Okay, yeah. I would like to see Haunt tweaked a bit. I don't know exactly how, because I'm not a game designer, but mm. uh, the original way that Haunt works was um, the creature enters the battlefield and a thing happens, like X thing happens. Then, when that creature dies, you exile it haunting mm -hmm. another creature, and when the haunted creature dies... X thing happens again. Right. And it's just, it's like, I get it because it's like the creature dies and now it's a ghost haunting this other creature. And then when that, when that creature finally dies, then you get to do the thing again. Uh, it's very flavorful. Yeah. But it like, it's so mechanically clunky. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an example. James has brought up blind hunter. Uh, very good card. So two white black for a two, two flying bat. And it has haunt. So when it comes into when it comes into play, or the creature it haunts is put into a graveyard, target player loses two life and you gain two life. So yeah, then haunt is when when this dies, exile it, haunting target creature. So ETB you drain for two, and then when it dies, you done a creature, and then when that creature dies, then you also drain for two. And so it's this weird like delayed effect. Like it's flavorfully, it's like so close, but mechanically, it's super clunky. Yeah, it's an example of one of those. Uh, mechanics where, or the, the inversion of the mechanic where you're like, no, it works the way you think it does. Yeah. Right? This is the one where you're like, what? Okay. I'm pretty sure I've got it now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to have a judge watch me while I do this just in case I screw it up. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I don't, like know, looking... I don't know what to suggest for a fix. I just, yeah. I, 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 I like Haunt. Like, I, I enjoy it. I think it's not good. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like Watsy deep in the development caves has a list of mechanics that are, they think are in need of a tune-up because like mm. you know we had shroud and no one liked that and then we had hexproof and everybody's like wait that's worse <laughs> yeah. uh, and now we have ward which is like perfect it's hard to deal with but it's not impossible i like ward. i will pay the three <laughs> yeah. life for the extra two mana and that's just the cost of doing business sometimes right mm -hmm. so like i feel like there is a list where they're wa working through like trying to fix things that are that are a little unfun and need, need in need of a tweak and and they seem to be in like it definitely i feel like watsi is in the mode where they're these old mechanics aren't sacrosanct and they can be adjusted yeah remember in when dominaria came out there was they played around with protection from yeah right mm -hmm. that was like like oh protection's back but weird and then I, there was also i think more recently than that there was a card or two with hexproof from, from? yeah yes which was also weird not as bad as just pure hexproof hexproof was just sort of annoying is just sort of annoying i do prefer ward but yeah it's, it's uh yeah i don't know well ward is symmetrical whereas hexproof was like really unfair in your favor if you, it was your creature i don't think wait no you can target your own stuff with ward yes but you gotta pay for it no 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 you uh, can ward is a wait hang on you no you can definitely target your own stuff with ward without paying the ward cost i don't know I've, I'm, my familiarity with it is within the like the 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 owl and shield mage or whatever. Yeah, but if it is. you cast a combat trick targeting your own owl and shield mage, you don't pay the you don't have to pay three life, right? I don't know. I was never I was ta just <laughs> casting study break and tapping their creatures. Like. <laughs> I have now had every experience I've had with ward deleted from my head. Yeah. I just mainly use arena to handle it. Yeah, it looks like it's whenever it's uh, targeted by an opponent. Okay, that's okay. what I thought. 
Good. Okay. All right. But still, I can target it. It doesn't seem yeah. unfair in the way that hexproof is unfair. It's like yeah, my opponent to. can pile stuff on their creature, and I'm just like, well, guess I'm losing this game. Yeah. Right? Oh, there's my Nullhead Ferox, which is a bad example, Graham, because you can pay to remove the... <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like what I said about Ward, let us know in the comments. <laughs> I love that you're always willing to turn anything into greater engagement numbers. Well, I think it's important that uh, we recognize that YouTube is playing a dirty game. and uh, That's true, actually. Yeah. The only way to win is to, well, you can't, no. Normally, normally, the only way to win is to not play. But in this, in the case of YouTube specifically, no, you just got to. You got to play along. Yeah. yeah. So I don't like even if you even if you think it's completely reasonable, pretend to be mad. I don't know. Use it as a creative writing prompt. <laughs> I'm not going to get mad at you or be offended. All right. Let's go on to the next question then. <laughs> uh, from oh god, how do I tweet? They say they ask uh, how new slash returning player friendly would you say Magic is doing right now? Haven't played since the return to Ravnica. Speaking of which, pre-release, and I'm on the fence about dipping my feet back in. I actually think it's. In a pretty good spot, I would say. Yeah, like, um, we, I, I mean, it depends it, what format. If, okay, you ha- you mentioned going to the RTR pre-release, so I assume that you are comfortable with limited. And so the limited sets right now, uh, New Capenna is accessible, but I don't think it's like particularly a good. Ex- I don't think it's a particularly good example of what Watsi has been able to do with their really good sets in the last few years. Mm. New Capenna is probably totally fine. Um, Baldur's Gate, Battle for Baldur's Gate, seems like a lot of fun with a lot of interesting deployments of existing mechanics that I think are interesting and uh, uh, fun to play with. So if you like, if if, if you are fond of limited then yeah i think i think now is a good time to come back and play some games with friends um but yeah we used to some years ago um recommend that a great tool for new players to get into the game basically for free and learn the rules and the mechanics was that we used to actually heavily recommend uh, duels of the planeswalkers yes because it was a computer game that it, it handled the rules and it was you know one-to-one actually all the rules with with magic now uh, we have magic arena and obviously there are many ways you can pour money into arena if you so desire but um you can play it for like it is free to download it is free to sign up it you know, there are many ways that you can play Magic Arena completely free. And it's a great way to sort of reintroduce yourself to the game and a bunch of the new cards uh, in a way that, you know, it'll, as you mentioned, you know, with Ward, right? Like Arena will handle it, right? And it'll, there's tutorials in the game. You can play against, you know, Sparky, the little glowing ball who speaks to you with a British voice. Um, And there's also like, like the ladder play for like standard or something like that like you know you don't have to play that there's just like you can just play against random people using the decks that arena gives you to get an idea of what's going on you know and you can hit your dailies and eventually you can get enough gold to grind out like a draft and then you get some picks and like you know then you'll get some wild cards and eventually like you can i i have put 40 dollars into arena total because I've been able to bill it back to the site. <laughs> and but, I have plenty of gems and gold. There are many ways to, to sort of to pl- continue playing for free, and there's guides that sort of can sort of explain that. But in terms of just like onboarding a totally new player or even a returning player, like I think Arena is honestly a really good way to do it. Mm. And you can get, there's like starter packs and welcome packs that you could buy at your LGS or stuff like that that, that, that will also help. But I mean, in, in terms of returning players, I, you know, you already sort of have a sort of a fundamental grasp. And so I think that Arena is probably just a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, this is also, my recommendation would be operating within your comfort level of what kind of interactions you're willing to have. Mm. Uh, if you if you can pick up a few packs of, of uh, uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty and are able to find a draft pod of it, that it's awesome. Mm. It's, it's really, really good. It's super um, fun. 
and the social aspect of magic, I think, is one of its main drawing points. Yeah. So that's not something you get particularly strongly on Arena. Mm, that's um, true. But Arena will handle, like, oh, it takes a load off, and it has actively made me a worse magic player because now I don't have to think about anything <laughs> um, while thinking about other things. It's it's good at teaching you when you have priority. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. So that's nice. Yeah. Next. From Lord Hosk, what's the best one mana black sorcery with a six mana flashback cost in all of magic history? You know, I thought long and hard about this question. Is there even more than one option? Yeah. Is there more than one? I did not look this up. James James is going to look it up right now. I'm I'm pretty sure there's not. I think it's only bumping. It's only this, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good card, though. It's a good very, card. very good card. It's S tier in the search parameters. Yeah, yeah. Given the search parameters, I, uh, it was even. I mean, it was decent in in Estrad. It was. It was quite yeah. good in Estrad. For those who may be new to the loading ready run Magic community, uh, quick explanation: we did a draft. Um, it feels weird to say it because it's been ages since we've actually done this where we did a draft at the moon base that was in no way recorded or televised. <laughs> That's a weird feeling. Um, but uh, we, we did a draft of, uh, of Innistrad at, the, at moon base mark three. Uh, and Adam and Paul both ended up with like just a n- numerous bump, bump in the nights and uh, their game, they were just like bump in the night, bump in the night, bump in the night, and it just, just flashback it, bump in the night. Yeah, it just became like a, you know, like an in joke around the office. Well, especially because like I guess I lose to bump in the night, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then we had an idea that uh, we would do a little, we'd make a bunch of little uh, buttons, little like one one inch um, pinback buttons that uh, we would take to conventions. And the way that you would get a convention button is that you would give us, uh, you know, like a magic card. And we were like, we want to find just a dirt cheap common that's, you know, because we're not trying to get value out of people. It's just like, that's the sort of, you know, the secret handshake is, we you know, we give you this card and then you get the, yeah. you know, the thing. What costs uh, five cents? Yeah. And so we were like, oh, you know, you'll be funny. It's bump of the night. So we did. So we said, you know, we said that. And um, some people like Lord Hosk specifically, the asker of this question, um, provided us with so many bump in the nights that we have, I think it actually did fluctuate the price at least briefly, and we yeah. have somewhere still... A strategic uh, reserve. Yeah, we have a strategic <laughs> bump in the night reserve. We have thousands sitting around in the moon base and in, in boxes yeah. somewhere. According to cardkingdom.com, what is that card worth now? That's a that's if also. It's a I, I remember it got up to twenty five cents. I it, think. it got up there at one point. Yeah, please, because people wanted them. Please don't send us any no, more. No, we don't need any. You're not going to get anything out of it. We still have them somewhere. <laughs> They're in a box somewhere. Yeah. Well, eventually we'll have so many that people won't won't be able to give us any more. But I think that was I think that's the position we're in actually. They are currently twenty nine cents. Wow. On on uh, on Card Kingdom. Okay, thirty cents and we ship. <laughs> thirty cents we cash out. Uh, <laughs> So uh this is our retirement fund. We got a hold. Yeah. So yeah. now now you uh for those who who which I think is statistically many of you like a majority of you for those who have joined us since then now you're now you're aware. Uh all right, next question from Ethan Norfleet. Many people seem to di- many people Sorry, I can't read that without the Borat voice now. Seem to dislike the new Capenna Limited format for various reasons. I was among them at first, but as I've played more of it, it has grown on me. How do each of you feel about the format after having time to play with it? I tweeted about this from the LRRMTG um, Twitter account as well. I, I, I don't like it. I don't think it's a good limited format. Or at least I don't think it's a fun limited format. There was an expectation... Because it's a shard set and it's three colors, it's focused on five three-color groups. Um, that there would be this opportunity for you know like multicolor shenanigans, and there really is not. And there was a lot of opportunity for shenanigans in the last set. Yeah, you right? could do oh. you could do four and five color stuff in Kamigawa. Yes, <laughs> but for like- some reason you can't do it here. And I don't know what it is. Um, what I have found is that draft games of this have 
a single inflection point after which the game the 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 advantage bar of the game never returns mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that like there will be turns where it's sort of back and forth uh in the very early developing stages of the game and then there is a single counter spell or a single removal spell or a single combat trick after which the entire makeup of the game tips very hard in one direction and never changes. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Compared yeah. to Kamigawa where there was, you know, it's like there'd be a removal spell or a combat trick or something and it's like, okay, that's a setback, but we can sort of rally and recover. Uh, you know, things can change. Maybe I'll get a bomb out or whatever. But for some reason, games of Kamigawa Limited seem to sort of be you know we're sort of doing some sorry games of new capenna we're doing like some early jockeying being on the play especially in the best of one queue is a huge difference Mm -hmm. but we're sort of doing some early jockeying and then there's just one inflection point and then everything tips and it slides all to one side and you just you simply cannot recover no matter how good your yeah, and it's are. not like you get blown out by some bananas rare or no something that's like the that. thing it it's could like be very your small casts that two one flyer that draws you a card and gains you a life and then like oh they've got a dude in the air they're up a card they're up a life and like one life can really matter and now i don't have a good blocker and like i stumbled or i just am slightly slower than them right and mm-hmm. what i don't I, personally like about it and I haven't played that much of it because, like, agree with everything you said, is that, that it's um, obvious that there are some groups that are better than others, like white, green, and white, blue are definitely the best colors because white is by far the best yeah, color. brokers in general. Brokers mm-hmm. in general, which I didn't know going into the pre-release. Um, like, yeah, I, you picked what? You were the only person who picked brokers. Yeah, because I was just like, I don't, like crimes like not my like flavor jam honestly like so like i'm kind of a little bit out on the flavor of the set but like Mm -hmm. that doesn't really impact my enjoyment um but like for me like it's just it just seems like the whole draft format is a little bit warped where if i'm not in the right seat i'm already at a huge disadvantage Mm -hmm. right like if like white's not open then i have to go into a color pair that is so much less better Right. So I'm like I'm like starting out on the back foot, even if I have a good deck. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like in, in, in draft, you really there's this broker's ascendancy is so good that it warps the draft experience. Yeah. Because you need to be able to cast it if you open it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So it you, you are incentivized to be in broker's. Even if you haven't seen one yet, because what if you do? What if you do? What if you do? You can't pass it, clearly. I have a theory that the reason that Nuka Penna draft um, feels so swingy and so bomb-dependent is that it is not necessarily uh, a bomby format, mm-hmm. but the power level of the cards is high enough that you can't stumble at all. Mm. And like if it is a very unforgiving format for um, running a uh, uh, a resented twenty third card, mm. right? Yes. Like if you have had a slightly slow draft and you're running like a one three that doesn't really do anything, uh, and that's your oh. turn to play. Oh, you might just be dead. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because somebody plays something actually good, and just like you never are able to claw back the strategic initiative. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, right? in, we were just talking about Strixhaven. Like Strixhaven, you maybe you're playing this like hyper, like aggressive, low to the ground um, silver quill deck, and you've got like your arrogant poets and stuff like that, and you just, you know, you just go to the ground and you go aggressive, and you just try to overwhelm your opponent before they can get their <laughs> stuff on the ground but you feel like you have a fighting chance doing that if you build the right silver quill deck or you're in like the slower sort of prismari uh or witherbloom deck and you know things are bad mm-hmm. you know you're really down on life like i've stayed i stabilized at one life and then ended up winning that game right. uh, and because you know yes it was not good but i got my witherbloom pledge mage down i started gaining back life or you know now i've got my two four fours and they don't have any more good attacks and i can buy back cards and i can learn and there's these new powerful spells that come in and that can sort of like push the advantage back my way like i feel like there's some give and take in the mm-hmm. format whereas this this format like the removal is 
not great unless it's in white because like murder's never been worse. So there's very wild how bad murder is in this format because too black, right? And it's like black's not a color you want to be in. Yeah, that's my favorite color. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I don't like the set that much. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean, right? Like there's just like there's very little opportunities to even the score unless you're already in the colors that do best anyhow. Yeah, and my 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 observation of of that the the inflection point issue is not just games that I've lost. It's also games that I've won and the many, 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 many more games that I've watched because I consume a lot of draft content. Like I've watched Kenji, you know, play probably a hundred games when you look considering how often he uploads and it's like, you know, seven or eight games in a draft, right? Um, But that's, you know, it's, it's, every game feels like that to me that it's like, it's like I need to draw a fifth land this turn or the game is over. Or mm-hmm. as long as they don't have make disappear, then we're okay. Otherwise, the game is over. And you keep playing the game for many, many turns, but the game ended when that single removal spell or combat trick happened. Yeah, you're just so. you know you're just slowly losing ground, and it's yeah. very demoralizing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's how I feel about New Capenna anyway. Uh, next question from right from James. <laughs> Follow up question: How do you feel about the alchemy nuke Penna draft format? Thank you, James. This was the one thing I wanted to talk about this week because um, I uh, again I tweeted this from the Loading Ready Run account. I did I did a draft and I was like, okay, I don't like nuke Penna draft, but the alchemy format where they replace one common with a nuke Penna alchemy card of a random uh, of a random rarity. Uh, does sort of feel like the Strixhaven Mystical Archive in that there will it'll be a game of this format, but then there's this random ridiculous card that just completely you're not expecting and it totally warps it. So at least it is more interesting, is mm-hmm. what I said at the time. Uh, and then I followed that up a day or two later with like, wait, I've reevaluated and no, <laughs> this is bad. Um, because the thing is, you're, you are still playing New Capenna, which I as established, don't like for various reasons. And some of these alchemy cards are obscene, like Broker's Ascendancy obscene. Have you seen Xander's Wake? No. This card is messed up. It's one in a black for an enchantment. Once per turn, it could be on your turn or the opponent's turn, when a creature you control dies, you draft a card from the Xander's Wake spellbook. Every card in the spellbook is a creature. So you never run out of creatures. It's a two-mana enchantment where it's just anytime a creature dies, you draw another creature card, and then you play a creature, and then if a creature dies, you draw another creature card. It's oppressive. I usually pay three mana for this, and it dies to removal spells. Uh Uh-huh. And I usually have to pay a life. And then sometimes you draw, like, I'm basically thinking of, like, the classic three-mana black when a creature you control, or when a when a creature dies, draw a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it usually has like pay a life. Yeah. yeah, no, these are this is draw. It's draw a creature that's not in your deck, and it just keeps going forever. Also, and there's one that's the um, uh, the celestial vault. I think it is. It's one and a white for an artifact. For white and tap, you draft a card from this spellbook, and you exile it under the vault, and then you pay one mana and you put all the cards ex- that you've exiled into your hand all the cards in this spell book are, i think there's one maybe two that are uncommon they're all rare or mythic angels oh yeah like um like uh the the fabricator one from kaladesh that that's an anthem uh the, the like the sigardian savior the righteous valkyrie so you spend like three maybe four turns drafting cards into exile and then you just get this grip of rare and mythic angels it's stupid like it's absolutely ridiculous and so so it's like you're already playing new capenna limited but now the bomb level is is absurd so yeah so like this it you know, favors a control deck, I guess, because you can just like, <laughs> yeah. I guess you have to keep one mana up in case they drop, uh, what's the cleanup crew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? Destroy target artifact. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you know, a, an enormous stricture on a control deck to keep one mana up. Yeah, exactly. When you're, so yeah, if you're already Although, in the, in the correct 
Nuka Penna deck, you know, which is to say green white or brokers or something, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to main deck a broken wings in case your opponent casts Xander's Wake. It's, it's there's some very very busted cards. So yeah, initially That's I was alchemy, like alchemy though. Yeah, initially I was like, oh, at least it's interesting, and then I was like, wait, no, it's actually worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's now it's got all of the tempo problems, and there's a bunch of incredibly broken cards in the format as well that are yeah. way too powerful for the other cards. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, question. swing and a miss. Yeah. Next question. Uh, from Churchill Zach. What mulligan rule is your favorite? In Minnesota, they say, we started using the Minneapolis mulligan in Commander, where you draw 10 cards and pick seven of them for your opening hand and shuffle the other three back into your library. M- well, Minneapolis Mulligan. Where, did, you made that up. That sounds <laughs> generous. Um, That's neat. Yeah, yeah. I would I would use that because I play a lot of jank, and being able to see ten cards and keep seven would be a spell I would pay ten for. Yeah. What, um, <laughs> what, what was... I know that it was fun to... Because it was, you know, very close to us regionally, and it was fun to say the Vancouver Mulligan. But I now, for the life of me, cannot remember what the Vancouver Mulligan uh, was. You, you Mulligan, uh, if you, okay, if you have oh, to mull below mulligan, seven, you scry one. You scry one. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was it. Right. Right. It so was nice because it used to be when we started playing, it was just you draw seven, mm-hmm. and then you draw six, and then you draw five. And yes. the Vancouver Mulligan was you draw seven. If you need to mulligan, you go to six, but then you scry one. If you go to five, you scry two. Do you? I thought did you. No, I think you just scry. Just, just scry one. Okay. Yeah. But now we're on the London mulligan. Introduced at Pro Tour London or Championship London, or I think I think it was still a Pro mm-hmm. Tour at that point. Uh, which is the uh, you you always draw seven, but every time you mulligan, you put back the difference in the number of cards. Which I think uh, is the cleanest. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I think we've actually sort of gotten to the. I think we've now gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. Now you were talking about commander specifically, mm-hmm. and commander, of course, has a big problem when you're doing a four-player commander game and everybody draws a card and whoever goes last is already disincentivized. And I've seen a thing. I think actually Shivam was talking about this on Twitter, where there was a suggested thing where it's like, um, uh, it's like the person who goes first just goes, and then the second person scries and then the third person scries two and the fourth person draws a card or something to sort of kind of smooth out the turn one interaction which sounded interesting i guess but was just that's not official that was just like a suggestion or there's your option with the drawing 10 and keeping seven or something so it's like for commander i don't know whatever your play group wants but i think for most i think for most things i think the london mulligan is actually pretty good you know what i think the best commander mulligan rule is Hmm? keep a seven keep a keep a keep a seven you like yeah just keep yeah if you drip you know, four lands and, you know, three eight drops. I don't know. Get different spells. I think we yeah. were we were playing once with, I think it was, actually we were playing with uh, Gavin from the, not Gavin Verhey, Gavin Duggan from the Commander Rules Committee. And he was talking about, well, first of all, he was talking about the, the that how they determine who goes first is just, who, it's whoever uh, gets a seven that they like. Right, it's just like everyone's at the table shuffling up, and someone draws seven, and it's like, no, I don't like that. Puts it back, whatever. Draws seven. If they're the first person to be like, yeah, I'm going to keep this, they just go land. <laughs> that's that's honestly quite clean. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just like it's, let's just play, right? Because like, it doesn't matter. It's commander, yeah, it's right? Commander, right? And then, you know, and so everyone just like they just get their sevens, and they're like, yeah, this is a this is a keepable seven. All right, I'll go. You know, there's you a know. certain amount of like BM, like don't like mulligan 40 times looking for like a specific payload, obviously, you know, but like if you got, if you, if like, if you, I have seen this happen lots of times, you draw seven, there's one land. Okay. I'm putting that back. Yeah. You know, you draw seven. Now I've still got one land. Okay. I'm putting that back. You draw seven. I inexplicably still only have one land, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes that happens. This is Just how, this is how we mulligan. Keep when a we playable play hand. Yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be amazing, but it, you should be able to do something yeah nobody wants to play a game where you've mulliganed to four and have a 90 minute commander game ahead of you Mm -hmm. yeah like and you don't really get to do anything for 45 minutes until somebody either deigns to kill you or you draw out of it and just kind of like swing from behind i guess that's kind of a comeback story it's a real heart warmer but you know it's super fun yeah yeah, i (laughs) just keep a seven is the rule that i like all right we got time for a couple more questions uh from oh from genomancer which is gavin duggan from the commander rules committee uh what do you think the distribution of commander games worldwide looks like along the how established is this playgroup axis that 
What a complicated question. It seems that like seems a, simple. Seems like a question you would be better equipped to answer, <laughs> Gavin. Honestly, yeah. but that's that's an interesting one. I imagine most most commander games are happening among established play groups, or at least at least among established friend groups, even yeah. if it's not always mm-hmm. the same people playing. Yeah. Like I I don't necessarily know that it's always the same four rocking up. I would imagine it's most rather than just like go into your LGS and be like, yo, do any three people want to play Commander? Although, like... But I I don't know, actually. I mean, the character of the LGS is still that it is a... It is a larger play group, but it's one that you are... It's your local play group, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, that was was kind of like the Warhammer mode. Right. right? Where you would have an LGS. You would have your, your, your friends who you hung out with and painted with, but you would also just rock on down to the LGS some nights and, you know, pick up a game among people you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and with like spell table and stuff like that, like you can play with your online friends. And so maybe you have a, a group of people that you're mm-hmm. playing commander with. Ignoring Honestly, this feels like a bit of a leading question. <laughs> and I'm wondering what Gavin is working on mm. here. Mm. Ignoring that magic fests obviously haven't been happening for the past two years for obvious reasons. Uh, there's just no way that, um, playing with a pod of strangers at a live event is a statistical a statistically relevant number of commander games when you consider how many commander games must be being played in the world at any given moment mm-hmm. yeah i imagine like most people have sort of like what we have going on whereas like you know a group of people who play commander that probably ranges in size from like four to ten mm. And you will play in various configurations of those groups depending on who's available and what's going on, right? Yeah. And that could be in person or it could be online, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but that's our best guess. All right. Uh, one or two more, maybe? Let's see. From 345 Tomo. They ask, all three of you worked on Unfinity. We did. Hello. Coming in October, free plug, they say. What surprised you about the process? Would you do it again? What was your favorite part about it? Can't wait until the set's released and you can talk more about it. Great point. (laughs) Uh, The Magic 8-Ball says, ask again later. Uh, We will, the three of us, do a whole episode uh, about just working on Unfinity when I was going to say closer to, but I think probably after Unfinity is released. Yeah, yeah, you will not be able to get us to shut up about it. it, Like, come late October, you'll be like, another Unfinity podcast, huh? You guys are really getting some content out of this one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're like, no, more tea, more tea. Yeah, but here's the deal. We, like, literally are not allowed to talk about it, and when Wizard says we can talk about it, we will talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't we didn't know uh, that it was going to be October seventh until that was publicly announced with wingdings. I don't know Which if you saw that. Hilarious. That was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we're also very excited for all that to see the light of day. We can say we that the set is very cool, and we can't wait for you to read the cards. They they tweeted out. Uh, Mark uh, Rosewater retweeted uh, new art from the set of a of a sheep, uh, and I I recognize it, and I know that card. I think I remember what it ended up being called, uh, but I can't tell you yet. Yeah. So I mean, look forward to I that. I will tell you that one of the set's tribes is my favorite implementation of that tribe that I've seen in a very long time. Ooh. I'm very excited. There you go. Subtypes. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what, one more? Yeah. All right, more. James, bring it on. Uh, from Jordan Flux. In the never-ending void that we call life, what is the point of it all? Do we just exist well knowing that everything we do has no impact on anything in the framing of the universe, or do we try and act blissfully ignorant in our own insignificance? Also, favorite mono black legend. Uh, well, I mean, like, they're, they're, you know, I think we are all, um, you know, caught between the Scylla and Charybdis of everything is impossibly meaningless and everything is impossibly meaningful right the 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 um the unbearable lightness of being problem mm. and just us in our little boat being like a hey, lamau threading the needle between the two also yogmoth God, i, I live is, for a good scylla and charybdis reference yeah yeah i feel like i mean 
I always joke about this when I'm like, God, this cat is very small because we have two very large cats. And people are like, what? I was like, well, I mean, like on a cosmic scale, obviously, <laughs> because yes, yes, compared to the unknown multitudes of excitement and delight and hyper intelligent shades of blue that exist out in the universe, everything we do is completely meaningless. However... What you do is meaningful to you and the people that you know and has a great deal of uh, meaning and importance and, and, and you bring joy to the lives of others or occasionally torment. And if it's torment, you should stop that because obviously, like, come on, don't you have anything better to do with your life? Look at the scale of the universe. Christ. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's all a matter of perspective. So, like, on a, on a galactic scale, nothing I do matters. But on a local scale, I've at least sold several concert tickets for King Gizzard and Kikagaku Moyu and helped independent Ben. So I feel that's meaningful things that I've done, even though the bands that I've helped promote don't know or care, and it doesn't matter if they know or care, right? It's something that I personally do. Um, also, Sheldred. Yeah, I mean, on a, on a cosmic timeline, all human endeavor is ultimately meaningless, but we only get one one crack at it, each of us, and so, you know, I, I endeavor to to you know, put as much good out into the world as I can and, and make it enjoyable for, for me and the people I care about and hopefully as many of you as I can. And uh, Phage, because it's funny. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. <laughs> That's going to do it for this Q&A episode of uh, Tap Tap Concede. Uh, of course, a reminder that this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash run. We really appreciate that. Tap Tap Concede in specific is also brought to you by our friends at Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Get yourself some uh, Commander Legends. Get your uh, get your your playgroup together and and uh, do some do some Commander Legends. We uh, um, At time of this airing, we will have previously on the Friday Night Paper Fight done a four-player draft of Commander Legends um, because we figure, you know, then it's just we do one, that's one Commander game right there. So the VOD for that should be up by now or will be very soon so you can take a look at that and see how that worked <laughs> and assuming it worked well uh you know there you go try it yourself get 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 a box of that three friends and uh yeah. dr draft yourself a game of commander with your statistical commander play group of between four and ten people <laughs> yeah exactly so until next time uh, i have been graham joined by cameron huh kathleen ah what's up gamers <laughs> james is Leave on some fire in the comments james is on tech uh heather gets these online thank you all so much for listening i'll talk to you next time bye